0: Welcome to episode 54 of Coffee and Co-Read, your source for all things literary with Catherine and Kristen,
1: where we believe there is nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for our virtual book club where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Kristen. Uh, So we're sort of moving into a new type of question today.
0: <laughs> we're
1: Which gonna I love. do a. I know. Uh, we used to play it all the time when we were like <laughs> young and <laughs> at parties. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do a little question of like a would you rather? I love it. So this question is like super, it's a super cool question, I think. Would you rather bring your favorite character into like our world? and be friends with them or be brought into your favorite character's world but never meet them. This
0: one's just cruel on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Because a who's your favorite character? How are you supposed to even come up with that? Yeah. That part alone, very hard. hard. Yeah. Um and then after you get past that, you have to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um I think I do know the answer to this though. Like my my favorite character is Selena Sardothian. Uh she is the love of my life. <laughs> and I just I just love her. Um but I I think I'd have to pick the second one that I would go into her world, but never meet her solely because I feel like she would be too feral for this world. Mm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like if I brought her into this world, I don't think she would cope well with like a nine to five. (laughs) That's not no. It's kind of twofold. So it, it it's all it's so it's like I don't think she'd cope well with our world and everything that's in it. <laughs> um, she might be able to straighten it up though. Well, that's true. Yeah, you do have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think that like I would, I'd like to live in her world because obviously magic and shit. Um. And then I also think it would be fun to be like how I don't want to give anything away, but there's a character in the later on books and he's part of, I'll say, a cadre. (laughs) And he just never shows up again and is just running around the entire book. And there's like a whole bunch of jokes about it in the fandom. And I'm like, I love him and the idea of him so much (laughs) that I'm like I would just go find him and you could run around together yeah I think it'd be fun Mm. (laughs) yeah so I think that's my answer it would be the second one um I'd go into a magical world which I think I think we're probably going to be on the same page to be honest So,
1: so yes and no because it, so it, it, you're very right in that it all predicates on who you're picking as your favorite character.
0: Yes. So like, Are you picking okay. a boy? Well, so this is the thing. Oh, my what, God. I didn't even think of picking a boy. <laughs> That's it, right? Like,
1: if you want to pick, like, a love interest as your favorite character, then Whoa. obviously you would want to bring them into your world so that you could be together. Yeah. Like,
0: significant others aside. Obviously, this is a would-you-rather. It's not real-world Real, real world rules don't matter. Yeah.
1: So, like, you know, if I were to pick... I don't even know who I would pick. Like, Reese. Say, if, say if I did. Maybe more on the... Yeah, yeah. I know people are, are problematic about Reese, but I can't help it.
0: Like, yeah. But, like, there's still... I'm problematic about every one of them and that's the reason why I love them so much is because mm. they do have their issues. Same with Selena has her fucking issues too. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so I would totally so if I were say to pick Reese, then yeah, of course I would want him in our world so that we we could quote unquote be together. Yeah. <laughs> Done, I would eh? would he have all of his powers though? Well, this is that. Well, then that's another that's yeah. another thing to consider too. Like, would he continue to have his med mag- Would he bring magic with him into our
0: non-magic world? Yeah, I I would assume that he would be everything he is and would yeah. bring it here. Because if he doesn't have the power, is he as attractive? <laughs> like it's like no. Maybe I he'd lose all it. of. The- yeah, I know. Maybe you should. <laughs> But I don't know if you should. (laughs) Uh, But like, if uh, he doesn't have his power, then is he still the same person? Like, I don't think he would be the same anymore. I think like his personality would change. Like, he wouldn't be able to have as much confidence, obviously, for one thing. Yeah. At the very least, at the very least, confidence would be out.
1: Yeah.
0: So you'd kind of be a different person.
1: Uh, and then you also have to think about, well, okay, if you are going into their world, what are you going in with? Are you going in as you? If you're going into a magical world, will you <laughs> develop magic when you get there? Because it is a, a, it is a world of magical creatures?
0: Yeah. Or are
1: you just going to stay human human? Also, what circumstance are you going to be brought into that world as? Like, are you going to go in as like, a poor sucker who like has to eat dirt all the time. Like, yeah. cause you have no money or are you going to be like in a decent circumstance? If I could choose the circumstance, then maybe I would like, like, you know, that would sort of be my requirement for yeah. picking to come into their world is I would want to pick my
0: circumstance. Yeah, I get that. So have you watched, um, is it called the dragon prince on Netflix? like the cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, well, that. Um, that's <laughs> okay. So in, in this cartoon that is actually for kids, like my sister's kids watch it, but I also watched it mm-hmm. before they did because it was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the characters in it can do magic, but it's like humans aren't supposed to do magic. She's doing it through, like, taking power from magical beings. And I'm like, so bad. But also, <laughs> I would be one of those queens. We talked about it in <laughs> the Akatar episode. I would be. I can only do so much. can only do so much. And I would do anything to get power, probably, in one yeah. of those worlds. So. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: If I saw other people with it, I would want it so bad. Like, I would do a lot to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like I didn't really answer the question. I just hypothesized a lot. Well, that's fair. (laughs) I just, like, it's... I would need to... Because at the same time, too, my answer is different, again, based on which character. Like, Elizabeth Bennet, I would be so much more... Oh, bring her here
0: yeah right 100 percent. we'd be besties we'd sit down we'd have tea together i'd give her my spare room like
1: tell darcy to
0: go fuck off stay with me you
1: don't you don't have to get married anymore
0: exactly you could
1: be a strong independent woman be an author or something like that
0: you can be friends with darcy the funny thing about that though is i would bring darcy Mm. as as like Mm, no, it probably would be as a love interest. But mm-hmm. I would bring Darcy as a love interest forward instead of Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. No, not not Elizabeth as a But out of that book, I would bring him forward. I would never think to bring Elizabeth forward, which is funny because my immediate reaction to this question was Selena Sardoth, S- S- <laughs> Sardothian. Mm-hmm. To go into her world, because she's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, her love interest in the end, 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 end is my favorite of the SJM men. Mm-hmm. But he's not my favorite character of the series. Right. Which I also kind of love. Like, I like that my character that I love in the series is the strong woman who is, like, doing shit herself.
1: I would, yeah. I would choose... I just like, I don't know, man. If you're choosing to go back, you got to be okay with literally never ever meeting them.
0: Yeah, but if I if I went back, I could meet her, (laughs) her love interest. (laughs) Deal him away. Maybe, um, maybe I'm his first. (laughs) Maybe I went back, and that's what happened. (laughs) Oh dear right oh god yeah anyway yeah good question cool. thanks we'll do some more of these yeah they're good ones and i like maybe next time i'll bring one that you don't know oh spring it on you okay we'll
1: see. yeah <laughs> uh so i guess we're gonna get into it so just a heads up we are not a spoiler-free zone and things could get a little saucy
0: yeah, so this week we are reading chapters 11 to 20 of Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Mass. Um, last week we did have a pretty big cliffhanger, cliffhanger. Um, but before that Selena and Kale had an argument about Selena leaving in a sexy dress. So she implied that she was going to spend the night with Archer and stormed out because no one can have a fucking adult conversation. Uh, But anyway, her meal with Archer was pleasant and full of flirting and some sexual tension. And then in the carriage, after he invited Mm -hmm. her in, she told him the king sent her to kill him. So I feel like that would put a damper on sex. (laughs) Really, though. It (laughs) really puts a damper on the evening. Um, So... We're obviously in Selena's head still, so she just kind of thinks that, like, Archer's training at the Assassin's Keep must have paid off, because he, like, I think he gets, like, a knife out and defends himself well after she says that she was sent to kill him. Right. And he starts to plead with her, and he says he can pay her, and, like, before she can even say anything else along the lines of, like, I'm not actually killing people, you don't need to worry, Mm -hmm. he... He, like, starts giving stuff up. Um, He says he isn't part of the movement. He would never be a traitor. But he can tell her about a group he knows that is starting to gain power in Rifthold. Um, And he says that this group knows the king is planning a new horror for them all. And they want to stop him. Stop the King, obviously. And he's heard his client speak of it. And the group wants to put Aelin Galathinius on Tarasyn's throne. Because she is apparently the lost heir of Tarasyn. And Selena's heart kind of like stops during this moment. Uh, She is a bit in shock, but she also just tells him Aelin Galathinius is dead. And he says this group doesn't think so. She's apparently, Aylan is, raising an army against the king. And she's finding what's left of King Orleans, who is the old king of Terracins, inner circle. And Selena knows that this can't be true. Like, if any of them have claimed to meet Aylan, they've lied. And this is an interesting. I wonder why she's so sure, Catherine. I don't know why she's so sure. I don't know. But she is very sure. And she's just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. But And she's also like very anxious about this whole thing. That mm-hmm. I think she misses some clues in general. But she also kind of wonders if it's a coincidence that Nehemia brought up Terrison when she was talking to her today. But Nehemia promised to never lie to her so she thinks like it must just be a coincidence Mm -hmm. and she kind of like pushes down any hope that she had from hearing about this rebellion and finally she just tells archer that like she isn't planning on killing him and she just planned like they're gonna have to fake his death um and they can either do that now and he can flee by the morning or he can have till the end of the month to get like his shit together, get some money out of wherever it is. And uh, as long as he feeds her information on this group that he's talking about, then she'll give him till the end of the month to basically fake his death and have him run away.
1: Here's something that I don't get. Like if he could easily pack up his stuff and flee, wouldn't he have done it by now? Like, He's indebted and is forced to be a prostitute. Yes. I I don't understand if it was so easy as her saying, flee,
0: grab your stuff and flee. If it was that easy, wouldn't he have done it before? But I think the difference is like the king's assassin is killing him. So if she goes looking for him, like he's, he's dead to the crown. So I think it's a bit, I think that holds a bit of sway. I don't know how deaths come out, like how they tell people that people have died in this world, but I just feel like it, it would be easier to run away if it's like, the King's champion killed me. You probably shouldn't say that though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be like a secret.
0: Position, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't really, but then everybody else that she's killed People find out about so you'd think, like obviously, like she's killed kings and shit—not kings, but like lords and shit. So,
1: but I wouldn't have think it came out. Oh yeah, no, it did. Yeah, you're, you're right.
0: Yeah, because Kale was like, mm-hmm. it was caught. So, and I don't really know. Hmm. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, but he's also like, yeah, my money is caught up in stuff. I need, I need the month which is fair. It would take me longer than a night to get out of this house. (laughs) Well, like, realistically, you would only be able to take, like, a duffel bag. Like, there's no way. Yeah, but you'd have to, like, go to the bank and get all your money into, like, onto a card for us. But for them, I don't think you can do cards. You'd just have a duffel bag full of gold and someone would steal it. That's true unfortunate (laughs) um anyway uh archer kind of laments to selena that he wishes he could be the type of man to rebel which just makes me want to vomit yeah mainly because in every book we read it's it's always the teenage girl that's like I'm carrying this rebellion on my back. <laughs> like, you're a fucking man. You can re- Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true, though. It is always the woman's job to freaking do the rebellion.
0: Yeah. Because nobody will think a woman's going to do it. But it's always a woman. And nobody ever thinks it's going to be. <laughs> it's foolish. Um, and Selena kind of sees how weak he was in that moment where he was, like, so terrified of her. And all she thinks of is how Kale saw what kind of man that Archer was right away. I don't really think that's fair. No. I think that's just her rose colored glasses, which like fine, fine, but also, and I know like, I don't love Archer by any means. I thought he was creepy last week. And in a few weeks time, I want to stab him in the eye, but Mm -hmm. I, comparing him to chaos. I think it's a lose-lose.
1: <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, what did he even say last week? He was just like, oh, I'm jealous. I don't like exactly. that he calls you later." Like, he doesn't say anything about his character. No. He just is like, oh, I don't like that you talk to him. I so don't like, like
0: him as a person because you find him attractive and you are like flustered around him.
1: Yeah. So like, what was he right about?
0: Nothing. That's
1: just her being like,
0: oh, it's rose colored glasses towards Kaol. Like she is mm. falling for him, which I also appreciate that she has her faults as well. Like this one, this is a fault. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. <laughs> So Archer then tells her that there's a ball at his client's mansion house. Um, And this client has been talking about the movement Um, and it's like tomorrow night basically. And he can sneak her in so that she can get more information. And when she, she like basically is like, yeah, do that. And then she goes back to the castle and she goes to see Kale. Of course she did. And I'm like, she went, she went there solely to be like, hey, I didn't stay out and fuck Archer. Like, that's the only reason she went over there.
1: But I mean, to be fair, it's like, it's actually kind of nice of her to do it because uh, like, I probably wouldn't have.
0: It is nice of her, especially since she's realized that she has feelings. Well, kind of realized that she said she has feelings for him. So, yeah. I guess it's mature, but I wouldn't have done it because I'm not mature. I'm a nope. petty bitch.
1: Me too. samey's <laughs> though. I literally would have been the same. I would have been like, no, because I am really petty and grudgy, and I would have completely done whatever I could to make him feel like shit.
0: I would have stayed in Archer's couch. Yeah. I would have walked the streets all night. Like, she's had worse nights. <laughs> I would have come back and been like glorious night, so tired, need to go to bed. What a life I lead. So I guess her her reason for going there is to tell Kale what she's learned. And I'm like, why is she telling him anything? Because, like, I get he's the captain of the guard, but she's the king's champion, a.k.a. assassin. Like, mm-hmm. she's supposed to kill Archer. It's not... Mm-hmm. Not really her job to find out any of this shit. No. I just, I don't really understand. I feel like they're trying to build up this working relationship more than it needs to be so that they need to spend more time together. Mm
1: -hmm. It's like in the
0: first one where he was like, I need to debrief you. And you're like, ugh. (laughs) That just sounds sexual. It does sound sexual. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway...
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess if you're saying it to a dude, it could be sexual because you could debrief like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I don't think I debrief Cole. Kale. Cole. Kale. Kale. Uh, Yeah. I don't think I debrief Kale. No, me neither. I'm sure he is fine, but he's just so mundane by the end. Yes. That is my biggest well I don't even think that's my biggest issue I think I have many more issues starting in Queen of Shadows but anyway um so yeah she talks to him about what she's learned and he tells her to be careful again and they finally like have the conversation that I've been talking about since last week like about she thinks he doesn't believe she can do her job and he's like i just care about you and she's like oh it's not (laughs) you're not thinking i'm a piece of shit you actually like me as a person which like you can completely understand why she feels that way when you look at her past like she hasn't had parents for a very long time she hasn't had unconditional love she's had somebody who the brief glimpses that we've gotten of him are not great no at the very least so i I do get what she's saying like and i do get why she doesn't immediately think that somebody being like be careful is because they like her instead of like oh you're shit at your job uh, so that night, Selena goes to the ball with Archer, and she's in a beautiful white swan dress and mask, and, um, Archer tells her that Aerobin, who I literally just spoke about, uh, is the king of the assassins and used to train her, and Lysandra, who is a courtesan that apparently Selena hates and almost killed the last time that she saw her, <laughs> Uh, won't be there, so Selena is kind of happy about that because she doesn't want to run into either of them again. Um, and Archer is also obviously at this ball, and he's dressed as a wolf. Love it. Which leads into Davis is the ball thrower. <laughs> yeah, he throws <laughs> balls. He does, and he's <laughs> throwing this ball. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> All well, you can think about is balls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> God. I feel like I'm like twelve years old laughing at the ball thrower. Like <laughs> I just there's I'm twofold on this. One part of my brain is like, if you're a shifter, can you shift that? <laughs> and the other part of my brain goes to psych when they were like The policeman's balls. The policeman ball tonight. And then Lassie is like, the police don't have balls. (laughs) I told the joke badly, but it was funny if you watch it. (laughs) Yeah. So Archer tells Selena about overhearing some plans, and she realizes that this group only wants to profit off of like a war. And the only reason that they're looking to have like get. Ail and Galathinius on their side is so that they have a queen who owes them, and they don't care about Terrison, and like that really pisses Selena off because she cares about Terrison. Mm -hmm. It's her hometown as well. Um, And Archer says that apparently this group has also saved people, though. Like they hear about. I guess people go into the gallows and then rescue them. I assume. So like, they aren't all bad. Like they're, I guess more like regular people. (laughs) There's good and bad. (laughs) Um, But Archer helps Selena sneak into uh, Davis's office and they're pretending that they're like making out going down the hallway, trying to find a private room. And After part of this book, I'm like, is this a trap? Is this on purpose? Do you have thoughts on that? Like, is Archer?
1: I don't know. That's a really good question because
0: you would think. I don't know. Yeah. The only reason I don't think it is is because of how surprised Davis is.
1: No, 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 but I was thinking, adjustment is arch. I thought I could see
0: Archer setting her up for this. Yes, but I just and, thought that he you... might be... He just didn't tell. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a thing, too. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, so she gets into the office, and she's looking around, and everything in the office looks normal until she sees a book with a word mark on it. And... Like, there's a wordmark on the spine, and then she looks inside, and it's full of wordmarks. And then there's a quote in it that says, It is only with the eye that one can see rightly. Hmm. Which eye? Exactly. And she hears footsteps coming, and she looks to the window, but it's too small for her dress to fit through. And it's also too high for her to just jump out of. So the door opens and davis comes in who owns the office and she acts like a bumbling girl looking to get some air and she tells him that like the housekeeper let her in and he steps toward her and mentions a lady's powder room on the first floor and like i love (laughs) i love her in this moment because she's like she's almost annoyed with how easily she can like fake cry and Mm -hmm. I kind of love it but she she thinks that he's gonna like take her to the powder room now um but he pulls out a knife and she like notices at the last second but before she can disable him um and like wrestle him basically to the floor he slices her forearm a tiny bit and He tells her that no one has the key to this office except him. And he asks what she was looking for. And she goes to knock him out and like try to sneak out. But he chuckles and asks if she wants to know what was on the blade. And I think she just realizes that it's Gloriella, Which is the same poison she was given the night that Sam died. um, And that she was given to the king's men. And then obviously brought to the mines. But Mm -hmm. basically Gloriella is a temporary, like a poison that gives you temporary paralysis. Um, And she says it's probably so that Davis's men can question her. And she says the Gloriella is working faster than she expected. And that he's a better fighter than she thought, but she still slits his throat. And then she cuts the bottom of her dress off. And she goes out the window. And she says she doesn't know how she gets to the ground because earlier she said it was too high. Mm. But uh, but she does. <laughs> and the guards yell out when they see her. But she runs toward the castle. And she steals a cloak along the way and wipes the blood off her face. And she goes into a side entrance so she doesn't attract too much attention. Um, because she knows she needs to tell someone the poison's name so that they can get the antidote but the poison is working really fast and she gets to the door and her cloak is gone and she sways and and then she sees Kale open the door and she says, Gloriela, right as she passes out. Yeah, so she had enough
1: like strength and energy and like the poison didn't work that fast where she could fight some guy and kill him climb out the window and down, walk through the streets, have enough forethought to grab a cloak and like wipe the blood off her face so that she's not scaring the citizens, go in the side door of the castle, find Kale's bedroom, knock on it, and then say Gloria before she passes out. Yeah. It's a very strong, a huge strength of character right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Kale sees her. And all the blood on her dress and he panics and just cuts her dress off of her trying Whee! to find I know, I'm like that seems that seems not great. Steamy. <laughs> no, we have a consent issue here, people. She's passed out. Yeah. It's see, I don't consent. think you should I don't think you should rip her dress off while she is passed out. But I um, guess at the no. same time, this is a meta like Yes, he thinks that it's her blood. He thinks, like, she obviously slit some guy's throat and got blood all over her. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that that is her blood. I understand why he did it. But I I would feel awkward about it afterwards. But maybe she wouldn't, because she's gone through probably much worse. So, and she loves her body. So, yeah. Fuck it. If she's fine with it, I'm fine with it. Anyway. (laughs) Um... So yeah, he cuts her dress off trying to find her wound and he realizes after checking her over that it's not her blood and he finally remembers the word that she like whispered right before she passed out, obviously was Gloriella. and he brings her to her room and holds her while like the antidote works and she vomits. And he tells his guard to go to town and figure out, like, what happened. And they come back and say, a businessman was killed by his own poison dagger. And Kaol thinks he's glad that this man is dead. Because if he wasn't, he would have he killed Davis himself. Mm. And I'm like, really? Like, you have so much guilt over killing Cain, who was evil, period. And you're just going to kill this businessman because he found someone in his office? <laughs> like, defended his home? Don't like, live in Texas.
1: Also, like, they're not even together yet.
0: Yeah. And he's already threatening to kill people on her behalf. Yeah. Something. Um, so, Selena wakes up, and we're back in her point of view, and K.L. is sleeping in Cher next to her, And he asks her, um, basically, he asks, hey, exactly what I found out happened. Is that what happened? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You're really, you're quick, basically. Um, And he says he won't tell the king because he doesn't want to argue that she's still capable of her job. And I just, I'm like, I find that interesting. I'm like she killed a potential traitor. She got away. Yes, he got a swipe in, but she was fine. I don't really understand why the king wouldn't think she was capable of her job.
1: I don't know. I feel like any slip up for her is like an X against her.
0: Well, yeah. But you'd think that like people who were her friends wouldn't be like, I'm not going to tell the king this time. I don't know. That's true. And he also says he's going to send her to the dungeons next time she does something like this because she scared him so much. Which is like, there's better ways to express your feelings than threatening to send someone to the dungeon. (laughs) Um, Or better
1: yet, sending them to the dungeon. Yeah. Just don't do that
0: at all. Exactly. Don't think about it. Don't do it. Agreed uh she kind of thinks how she barely remembers getting to the castle but she knew she needed to get to someplace safe so she went to kale and that's where she was the safest exactly um then selena i guess after she's feeling better goes to the library and she's more afraid than she wants to admit so she's kind of like armed to the teeth after she saw the creature thing outside the doors and she wants to see if she can figure out anything about the book from Davis's office. Um, the library size is really overwhelming. Like I didn't understand how big it was until this moment. Um, Cause she kind of talks about like how there's like. Kale once said there was a second library underneath and she decides that she's going to follow the perimeter of the library to see if there are any passages or anything. Like if, the rumor could be true and she kind of remembers the day in the throne of glass book when she and Kale were at a desk and she felt something under her boots and at the time Kale was trying to scare her but she says she did feel something too and she gets to a corner and the sconces aren't lit on the back wall but there is a torch there and at this point we jump point of view and Dorian Jerk's awake and he says his room is frigid and he was having a nightmare of teeth and shadows and glinting daggers and the room is already warming up and he figures the nightmare is because Kale told him about what happened to Slayna and he goes to change but when he looks back he swears he can see a faint ring of frost around where he was lying but when he hmm. looks closer it's gone. Hmm interesting yes and just a very like tiny scene with some information and then we just jump back to selena's point of view and she hears the clock and realizes she's been here for three hours just going around the perimeter of the library and i'm like how big is this library it has to be ginormous if you're walking around the perimeter, you're nowhere near anywhere and you're there for three hours. Um, but she's about to give up and she notices, notices a tapestry and the first art she sees, it's the first art that like she's seen on this back wall and it's red so dark, it looks black and it depicts nothing. And behind it, there's a door. She uh, says so there's a groove along the wall and a lantern that she tips the lantern to let the oil go into the groove and then lights it with a torch.
1: Mm, That's very smart. It is.
0: It's, it's cool. I'm like, it's a cool thing to leave there. Um, anyway, the, the walls are apparently covered in paintings of battles. So Selena goes down the stairs And she sees a torch covered in cobwebs. So obviously no one's been down here in a while. um, Mm -hmm. Unless they can see in the dark, which is just spooky. (laughs) I was just about to say,
1: like, maybe they brought a flashlight, but those don't exist. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Maybe they took out their iPhone and turned on (laughs) their flashlight (laughs) app. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, So she obviously picks up the torch and lights it so that she can see what the hell she's doing. How does she light it though? "Um, Because she just lit the, 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 like, at the top of the stairs, she poured oil in that thing and then lit it with hers. So she lights it off that, I assume. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. (laughs) I'm just, like, motioning for, like, up and down. (laughs) I'm like, you know, everyone can see what I'm doing, right? No. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, she says that the hallway is like lined with bookcases and it's full of books and scrolls. And she looks at some of them and realizes that they're like castle records from like ages ago. Cool. It is kind of cool. I know. I think I'd spend more time there than she does because she just moves right along. So she sees another hallway to the left that has the same kind of groove that you put oil in and light. So she lights that and it lights the wall, I guess, above it. And it depicts a forest with Faye, And she kind of thinks to herself, like, the king can't know that this is down here. Or it would be defaced by now. Because obviously he's anti-magic, anti-Fae. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's likely, she thinks, that the king hasn't come down here. Um, She wonders if Gavin built the castle, like, in this spot for a reason um like if there's meaning to it and i i honestly don't think that this is ever brought up again like that i can think of
1: no but i also feel like is she reading too much into it
0: yeah like, she yeah
1: you know what i mean like did he oh did he build it here in this exact spot for a reason I'm like no, it was probably just easy for him to build it off of that. And like, we sort of already see it's an extension of the library. Yeah. So, like,
0: uh, you know, like, I don't. Yeah, I it is don't... probably. So, the issue with reading Sarah J. Mass books is <laughs> I then read too far into everything because yeah. everything's a clue. <laughs> so then yeah. I'm like, does this mean something? But like, we've read the books and I don't think it ever comes up really again. No. So. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> I get that she goes too far into things because I do too.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So she gets, she goes through like a bunch of doors and goes through the hallway. And then there's like one impenetrable door at the end of this hallway and it's iron. And then we get a bit of information on iron and magic because iron is apparently immune to magic. Which, which is- I find hilarious.
1: What? Because... So like the fae in this world function very similarly to the fae in A Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they portray magic in this world. And as we've seen in A Court of Thorns and Roses and A Court of Mr. Fury so far, iron does shit all.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting.
1: Right? But in this world, iron actually is a preventative for magic. So it's just, it's just funny how she's like switching it up.
0: Yeah. Um, But then we get a bit about the magic in this world and uh, Selena just is thinking about it, but she thinks that people believe that magic originated from the gods uh, despite the king's claims that the magic wasn't in front to the divine so like that's the king's whole thing he's like magic is like spitting in the face of the gods nobody can use it type thing mm-hmm. it's bad which is like silly <laughs> i think
1: but i mean uh, it's, it's an natural progression of not progression of like religion but like regression yeah you know, it's like when you have somebody in power that wants to take power away from people just for the sake of it, a mm-hmm. lot of times the excuse that this is sort of the excuse they give, like, we're not meant to do this, like, oh, it's bad, like, you know what I mean? It, yeah, completely. It, it's a very common thing in our society, when really it's just people don't
0: want other people to have power, or to yeah. have, like, autonomy. It's kind of like... um we saw this in in the Grisha verse with like the Druskella going after Grisha because they're witches and they shouldn't have power type of thing because the Druskella mm-hmm. were very religious and it's like it's also kind of relevant to the world and history in general because like obviously people that have power, if there's one tyrant that wants the power, he'll do anything he can to say that they're bad people and they shouldn't exist. Yeah anyway so not not surprising but she also says that apparently magic in this world has like countless variations like there's healing shape-shifting summoning flame water or storms um i guess that can help growth of crops and plants and glimpses of the future and she says like on and on like there's a bunch of different kinds of magic in this world which Mm -hmm. is really cool Mm -hmm. um and she says that most of the gifts have had become watered down over the millennia, though. So I guess, like, marrying into people that don't have magic obviously, magic isn't going to be as large, mm-hmm. powerful, powerful, <laughs> not large. Uh, and then she also says, for some, like, the like with really strong magic the iron in their blood could cause fainting or worse which is kind of crazy like you'd think that your body wouldn't be working against you it's
1: no and like and we have to think about so again like thinking of later books when we're introduced to like mave and all that like do fae have iron in their blood
0: yeah but then you're also and- thinking like the iron teeth witches have iron teeth <laughs> and iron nails like is that so that they can attack magic people easier but do they not have any magic in their bones as well like it's because they do have magic not right now but they do yeah like when right
1: yeah they're supposed
0: to yes yeah it's interesting everything is interesting Mm uh and like maybe the iron teeth aren't aren't are are immune to iron because they have it in them would make sense yeah anyway so Selena finds it odd that there is an iron door in this castle um, because like what is it there for the only use for iron really is against magic so she's like is it to keep someone in there is it to keep people out like what is happening Um, so she obviously tries to open the door which I kind of think is dumb but she does Uh, but the handle (laughs) won't budge And there's no keyhole in it. Uh, She says the amulet warms up and lights up. And she looks through the gap under the door and sees a shadow that's darker than the blackness beyond it. And she angles her dagger kind of to like puts it under the door and angles it so that she can see the reflection. And Mm -hmm. she says she sees two eyes, but she convinces herself it's an animal. Of course she does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) she decides that like she'll get through the door later and get answers. So I guess that's good. Maybe we'll get some answers later, but not right now. Um, (laughs) At dinner that night, the great hall is packed because apparently Rena Goldsmith is performing to honor Prince Holland's return. Um, And Selena's like excited to see her perform. I think she said that she'd seen her before and it's like just a moving experience. Um, so she ends up sitting with Kale and some of his guards and they're kind of wary of her, which is probably smart of them, but just kind of Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, and Reese is, uh, is one of Kale's guards and he was in the last book too, but he seems, he just seems like a good guy. Anytime he comes up, I'm like, he's a good guy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, he, he helped Kale when like she was poisoned with Gloriella. Um, so, she ends up kind of joking around with Kale and Reese and then Russ. I think it's Russ, not Reese. Um, yeah. They joke around. You a got, bit.
1: you got your mind on Reese.
0: I know. I was like, that can't be, they can't be pronounced the same. There's no way she'd do that. So it is Russ. Yeah. Um, anyway. So the guards end up relaxing a bit around her. Um, Rena goes up to perform. And uh, the thing, she's performing with a harp and a violin um and selena thinks when she sings like the whole world fades so selena's really i think we've already talked about like the main characters and their attractions to art so selena's mm-hmm. is music she's like a huge fan of music she likes to play it she's struggling to play it right now cuz she's upset obviously over many hardships of her life
1: (laughs) in the last book didn't we get a scene where dorian sort of interrupts her playing Mm -hmm. and asks her to keep going and she says no way yeah so like she's really has this affinity to piano playing and that sort of thing and like it really helps her express herself but um yeah she's struggling to do it
0: yeah um uh so rena then Um, says that her next song is in honor of the esteemed royal family who invited her there tonight and Selena says the song is an old poem that she hasn't heard since childhood and like she'd never heard it sung to music um but she thinks it's a bold song to sing uh let alone dedicate to the royals um just because of what it's about. But the royals don't like, obviously the king doesn't like protest it or anything or say anything mm-hmm. about it, which is kind of, I guess, a bit surprising. And... But at the
1: same time, like, even if they did protest, they're not going to do it in front of everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a it, it shows, yeah. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, hey, Noah, thank you. Play something else, right? They're going <laughs> to let her go and and they're going to be gracious in that moment.
0: yeah. Um, but Selena just kind of thinks that like Rena's voice can conquer a tyrant's heart and music has its own magic. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's very naive of her based on what happens right after this. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. Uh, the song Selena kind of thinks about what it's about, I guess is of a fey woman blessed with power and She was like super powerful and she was used by kingdoms, but they feared her and her loneliness started to consume her. And then one day a knight comes on behalf of his king and on the way to the kingdom, they fall in love because he sees her for who she is and not just for her gift. So it's like a sweet story, but it's also all about magic. (laughs) So that's Mm -hmm. why it is a bit odd to dedicate it to the king. Uh, selena is moved by the music and she ends up crying and her and kale hold hands under the table and they smile at each other and like stare into each other's eyes for like a gross amount of time (laughs) it was it was weird (laughs) um but she thinks that he understands how how does he understand anything
1: yeah because i guess she's seeing herself in this way because she's being used yeah, by a king and by a kingdom and not seeing her for who she is and like everybody does fear her and like people don't want to get close to her
0: so like which is literally what we her... just saw at this table yeah
1: yeah so like she is seeing herself in this poem in this story and i guess kaol sort of recognizing that she is making the connections in her own life and like sort of trying to be like i get it i understand you
0: yeah and I guess like he is the one that like he asked her oh are you back to yourself now or are you um... still the assassin exactly so I guess he does kind of see her
1: yeah just... I think I think he does get that there's a persona assassin and then
0: there's real her mm-hmm. it's just interesting because it it's a complete 180 later on <laughs>
1: I'm just do you know what surprises me? It surprises me that Dorian doesn't see this given that he also has like a dual role to play. Like there's crown prince Dorian that has to act a certain way in public and in the court and with his parents and towards the council members and then there's actual Dorian who like just wants likes to sit and read. Room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm surprised that he doesn't see her uh her differences and how she ha- put does her job but then her job is not who she is
0: yes i think the thing is he's struggling with that himself like he's struggling to um to find his two personas like i don't think he has it locked in because he's struggling right. to figure out who he is around his father other than just an obedient little boy. Cause that's what he was raised to be. And now he's trying to become the actual, he's trying to become a crown prince and do things that matter, but he's also trying to juggle like the politics of it all. And I don't think he quite has his mask figured out. And I think, like, I think he does develop that kind of in this book a bit. And I think it does help him understand Selena a bit more later on, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that is
0: a really good point. Um, speaking of dorian he's actually watching selena and kale as they stare into each other's eyes and i'm like not creepy at all but i'm also like just stop staring at each other like (laughs) ew, i don't like it (laughs) i just can't imagine like crying while listening to a song and staring into somebody's eyes instead of like watching the person that is making you feel so moved Yeah. yeah whatever uh, but Dorian just thinks like she's never looked at him like like she's looking at Kale, and he kind of thinks like he thinks that nothing has happened between them yet. But he knows that it likely will, and like this is a step forward in Selena and Kale's relationship. And he With them just staring at each other. I know. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he decides in his head that he's going to move on. How many times
1: has he decided that now up to this point? Too many. But I do like, like, I do like this. Freaking do it.
0: (laughs) I know. Freaking do it. I know. It is exhausting, but I actually do (laughs) like this one because he's like, he thinks she deserves a loyal, brave knight who sees her for who she is and doesn't fear her. And like, that's the important part and I love that he thinks that because like he does fear her. He fears her persona of an assassin. And mm-hmm. he kind of, I think, fears her as an assassin in general, which he should. She's a fucking badass. Yeah. Um but like it also she does deserve somebody not to fear her. And I think like that moving into the next. Books in the series is very important (laughs)
1: yeah a hundred percent well it's funny because as soon as you said doesn't fear her that's literally what i thought of is uh are the next couple of books moving
0: forward i it wasn't
1: this book that i was thinking of that
0: no but i i just i loved that little it's not even really an easter egg but it kind of is like Mm it's It's just important, and everybody deserves somebody who doesn't fear them, obviously, but like most of us aren't assassins out there killing people, yeah. the, <laughs> most know. of
1: us aren't inherently scary, so exactly it's not
0: as important of a <laughs> distinction that we need to make exactly um he also he also thinks that he deserves someone to look at him like she's looking at k l too which is so true. Uh so I do I do like this moment that Dorian is having because I'm yeah. like that is true. I also um, I
1: sorry, I also okay. feel like we put the emphasis on oh the girl deserves this, the girl deserves that like but the guy deserves stuff equally as much. Yeah, exactly. So you know I appreciate him like for thinking this but at the same time I'm also like dude you've said you're gonna give her up and stop and like get over her like five times already like fucking do it
0: yeah no I completely agree but I'm also like I just I liked the wording of this one (laughs) so I'm okay with it (laughs) um and now we take a sad turn um so it's hours later And the king is in the dungeon as his secret guards. Like, who are his secret guards? We don't know anything about these secret guards. Well, obviously, they're probably no one that Kaol knows. Exactly. Which is like... He should know. Is Kaol even anybody? Is he just the face of it? Like, it kind of makes his job seem redundant, (laughs) which is not funny, but it is. (laughs) But like, but seriously, though, what does he even do? I don't know. Like,
1: isn't he like 19 years old and he's captain of the Royal Guard? Like, I can't, like, I, in my head, I'm just like, there is no way the king promoted him to that position because he actually thought he was useful. Like, it's definitely just like a figurehead position. It was definitely like, just a, I don't actually think you're going to help me. Like, I almost feel like he did it on purpose so that he could conduct his shady dealings and be like, man, this
0: kid's too dumb to figure it out anyway. Yeah, he's too naive to think I'm doing anything like this. Yeah, exactly. I think the same thing. Like, I also think it's part of the issue is probably that Sarah J Mass wrote these books when she was so young, because I'm like, you wouldn't have a captain of the guard at 19 and i'm like maybe if she were to write them as a older like if she wrote the books now she might have just made him dorian's personal guard or something and then he's still just as important but like there's no way he'd be the captain of the guard no and especially he's never killed anybody and then he lost his shit over killing somebody and i'm like what the fuck is going on Mm. and i know like obviously it's shitty to say i don't want people to be killing people willy-nilly here but he is the captain of the guard for the king who is a tyrant you'd think he would have killed somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway that's just yeah. a side rant um mm-hmm. so these but secret like, guards i
1: just at the same time though yeah he can't just go around killing people and then be like oh can i
0: be captain of the guard now just no, to like, you, get just to get you, practice killing people No, you just think that he would have been in a situation where he would have had to kill somebody already is kind of what I mean. Like if you're, if you're a guard and I don't know, I just feel like, like what was his job before Mm. you'd think he'd have to be on like some battlefields or something to figure, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know anything about how you get promoted to be a captain (laughs) of a guard, but I think he missed (laughs) I guess your dad should be a lord. Yeah, I think, and you should be friends with the crown prince. I think he skipped a few of the, like, main (laughs) levels. Um, Yeah. But back to these secret guards. They haul Rina forward to a butcher's block, and it is already soaked with the blood of her companions, and their headless corpses are, like, lying nearby, which is great, what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the king kind of thinks about like Parrington and the like, Duke Parrington and Roland are there, which is interesting that Roland is there. And I think this is a bit of an Easter egg here um, that I can't really say too much about without spoiling, but clearly he knows more than we think he knows. And like, yes, anything like maybe there is something going on that uh, Dorian should be worried about. So it's yeah. just interesting. Um The king then tells Rina that it's punishable by death to speak of or encourage magic. And you can kind of tell that she was expecting this and he asks her for any last words. And she says she worked for 10 years to become famous and get an invite to this castle. So she could sing these songs. And then as she's like bent over the butcher's block, basically to be beheaded, she lists her dead And it's, like, her daughter, sister, neighbors, like, anybody that was killed because they had magic or they helped somebody that had magic. So it's just a really sad scene. And, like, you do know that, like, she expected this to happen. And I'm sure, like, she told her companions that it was likely going to happen. But it's just... Kind of shows a bit of the na- naivete, naivete, naivety, whatever, naivete that Selena had earlier when she was like, oh, the king is going to let this go. Like, you'd think she would know better. It's like her entire yeah. kingdom was conquered. It
1: also, in my mind, shows a really, like, it shows how far the king is willing to go to squash, like, like this I don't even, like, this was technically a form of rebellion, and it was just mm-hmm. a song. So, like, it's yeah. showing us how far the king is willing to go to, like, squash any type of rebellion. Yes. Right? So, and That's really how how much of a tyrant he really is, how yeah. much of, like, a sociopath he is. Yeah. That he's gonna kill someone just for, for a song. Yeah because I don't think I don't think we've actually gotten like him being an asshole like we've had him being an asshole but like sort of all in the name of his kingdom sort of a thing
0: yeah and And, it hasn't ever been him and like still obviously he's not the one that chops our head off but he is there like but most of the time we hear of like him sending his men to do things and like that kind of stuff um so, I guess we skip
1: to the next morning and Selena and Nehemia are having breakfast together. So, these mornings are really the only time they get to spend together. Um and once again, Nehemia is sort of judging Selena for working for the king and like sort of indicating like because we all know that Selena is doing this for her freedom. And like she sort of expresses that. And they've had moments before where mm-hmm. Selena's like, I just want my freedom. Like, I that's all I want. And Nehemia is being like, Is your freedom really worth all of this? Really worth you working for this asshole and you like, n- like not helping me because you know help not sorry and you not helping me sort of try and rebel and try and spy and try and save people like is your freedom really worth all this Mm -hmm. and it's just another indication of like nehemia not understanding selena's not is like not understanding who she really is yeah like this is apparently one of her closest friends and she at legit thinks she's really doing this yeah you know what like I don't know if you came to me tomorrow and said, "Hey, I need to kill a bunch of people in order to like survive, like I wouldn't question that you would do the right thing. You know what I mean like, and I think it's it's super hurtful that Nehemia doesn't sort of think that Selena is a good person, yeah, I agree. you'd also help me bury the bodies, but oh, a hundred percent, I would guaranteed <laughs> um. <laughs> but, so Nehemia thinks that Selena's soul is like rotted, like rotted away, and that she is selfish for not questioning any of the king's decisions and for just obeying them uh and it's sort of like, um, I don't know, she's just like saying like with each like each order you obey, your soul is rotting away even more. You are becoming a terrible person, which is sort of like, whoa,
0: like chill out, we're just having breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's very aggressive. Like, I feel like I would just yes. stop, stop hanging out with her and stop talking to her because she just makes Selena, like, obviously, where in Selena's head? She just makes her feel bad about herself all the time. Like, yeah. what are you even supposed to do with that? Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, like, it's just brutal. So Selena sort of argues, like, hasn't I, haven't I suffered enough to deserve my freedom? And like, yes absolutely she has and i will say nehemia sort of agrees with her there and i do like the point that she makes she says like she also points out that so many other people have also suffered and are still suffering and they aren't selling themselves to the king or betraying anyone like i appreciate that but also a lot of these people that have suffered and are still suffering don't have the chance yes you know what i mean like if they were given the chance to earn their freedom or to end their suffering would they
0: yeah and I think a lot
1: more people would than Nehemia is giving sort of credit for
0: yeah I also think that she's very she's she's just going about this the wrong way and I know she's also a young person too it's not Mm -hmm. like she knows the best way to get somebody on your side for a rebellion but like she's too aggressive and too earnest towards selena and it's just not in selena's personality to respond to that other than to feel guilt and shame and that's Mm -hmm. not gonna get her on your side
1: no um anyway so she also sort of says that like with each person that selena kills it's getting harder to justify being her friend And she sort of pulls then her family into it and is like, how can I explain to my parents and to my siblings that, like, you are a good friend of mine and you're going around assassinating the king's enemies? And this moment sort of... I actually... I'm a little bit mad that Selena does this because she ends up, like, telling Nehemia the truth. Mm -hmm. I guess this moment of her being, like, you know, like her threatening essentially to take her friendship away and being like, I don't even know why we're friends right now. This makes Selena tell her I'm not really killing people. And that sort of bothers me because I feel like. Yeah. Bohemia has not trusted her and has not done, has not been a true friend to warrant earning this trust. Like this is a yeah, huge secret for Selena that could get her killed, could get her friends killed, could get everyone she cares about killed. And I don't feel Nehemia has earned her trust. So it, it bothers me that she she gives in and tells her. But she does tell her the truth, that she hasn't killed anyone, and she's instead been faking their deaths and helping them flee. And is like, okay, well, what about this archer dude that is next on your list? And Selena says, like, you know, I gave him a deal. He's got a month to... Uh, find me details on the rebellion and then i'm gonna i'm gonna help him flee as well uh and she also decides because they're in selena's room so she also decides to tell nehemia about elena's tomb and she brings her down to the tomb um
0: to meet mort the door knocker yeah I I have such a soft spot for him, but I also think he's a fucking asshole to Selena. I have a
1: soft spot for him. I know. He's been alone Um, so long. He probably just doesn't have any people skills.
0: It's true. (laughs) Um, I feel bad for Selena in this situation because I feel like she is so desperate for a friend that she is letting herself be bullied, basically, by Nehemia. And that's the only reason that she's told her any of this. Is because she doesn't want to lose the one connection mm. she has, who is like similar to her. They both come from like conquered nations, and like I, I, I feel like this is very, maybe, maybe Nahimi is just manipulating her. Mm. Yeah, maybe uh, she is doing the right thing and getting Selena to do, but it's just wild. Yeah. Um,
1: Anyway, so uh, Selena sort of notices for the first time on the floor, there's a bunch of star shapes like carved into the floor that make up different constellations. So there's a dragonfly, there's a wyvern, which is the symbol of uh, Adderlyn, and there's also a stag, which is the symbol of Terrasim, which is her home country. Uh, And the stag figure constellation is looking in a certain direction which causes her to look towards that direction. And she sees an eye etched in the wall and there's a little puncture mark through the eye. So she goes towards it and ends up stepping on the constellation. And then a face like appears on the wall, like with the eye to make like a full face.
0: Hmm.
1: And then if she steps off of the constellation, the whole face disappears and it's just the eye left. So she sort of looks through the eye hole and hopes to see something. But all she sees is, like, a wall. There's nothing there. And she asks Mort about it. She's like, hey, like, what's going on here? And he says, oh, I don't know. But she, like, thinks he's lying. Yeah. Um. But he tells her, like, you have to ask the right questions. And she sort of is like, well, okay, what are the right questions? And he's like, oh, I'm not telling you that. Like, come back. <laughs> and it's just another thing where I'm really frustrated. Like, just tell her what she needs to know if yeah. you want Wait. her to figure shit out tell her yeah instead of making her go through all of these steps to try exactly. and figure it out and like
0: she they want her to be like a savior type person but they're not they're not helping her like mm-hmm. are they like oh she needs to be smart enough to do like is this a test like i just don't really understand the point of it
1: yeah anyway uh yeah I, it's stupid they need to just tell her the information she needs. So, um, there's all there's also apparently like a bunch of word marks everywhere. And is like, oh my god, there's word marks everywhere. And she's like, she's really amazed by them. Um so Selena asks her, like, can you teach me to read them? So they decide they're gonna have word mark lessons. Instead of going on their morning walks, um, Selena asks Nahemia to like teach her how to read the word marks. Um, so they go back up the stairs, and she even then tells Nehemia more. Like, she's just telling her everything. Uh, tells her about the riddle that she found in Davis's book that had the word marks on it. That you said, they, uh, it is only with the eye that one can mm-hmm. see rightly. And she sort of thinks back, like, she sort of thinks, oh, that eye downstairs, like, I wonder if this has something to do with it. And... Nehemia's like nah and then she's like oh well maybe my amulet could have something to do with it because that's Elena's eye Makes like it's, that's what it's called right it's it's her eye uh, and is also like nah that's too easy and like she has to work really hard to convince Selena that no you're yeah. reading too much English stuff but like eventually Selena's like yeah no you're probably right and it's like I don't know man like I like I would try it at least like yeah there's no harm in at least trying yeah so it's like I don't know it's sort of like I don't know it's just
0: sort of like instead of shutting her down try it um I feel like Nehemia is like trying too hard to get her off of this riddle and like it's obvious, but it's mm-hmm. not obvious to Selena. Well, <laughs> but it's obvious to the reader that like she's hiding something. She knows something else, like. But also I guess
1: too, like if your friend is is if you have a friend that you think is really smart and can read the language on the wall and they're telling you, "No, don't worry about it. You're wrong. You're off base. It must be something else." Like you would sort of agree, especially if you trust her. Yeah. I don't know. It's a bit shady.
0: It is shady, and they've said that they're never going to lie to each other again. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, so Archer
1: then at this moment sends Selena a letter with names of people who are possibly involved in the in the rebel movement, and it's just really funny because he just literally sends her a list of names like in a letter, and she's like, "I really need to teach this guy about sending stuff in code," because like.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what a moron anybody
0: could read that letter Uh, Well, and then like what if it got into the hands of the people that he's betraying yeah like they would lose their shit at him yeah he would die yes so maybe don't teach him that (laughs) good point (laughs) uh
1: so she spends the day i'm gonna say haunting them like tailing them and like watching Mm -hmm. all these people And, like, learning who they are and learning their habits. But, like, she doesn't really get anywhere with it. Like, they're just people going about their days. So, like, nothing suspicious. Um, She gets back to the palace. And the king wants her on guard duty again at a royal ball. So, she's stationed on the balcony again. And she's really cranky because she doesn't see the point of her being there. She's annoyed with the whole like, riddle thing that she can't figure out. She's annoyed with having to tail people all day and it not doing anything for her. Uh, And so Kale is on edge because he knows
0: he's cranky because she's cranky, essentially. Yeah. Which, like, I don't really get why the king is telling her to do this. (laughs) Do you know what I think? Yeah, I don't, but tell me. (laughs) Like,
1: and it's something I just thought of. I wonder if... He wants her there so that she's distracted so that his secret guards can do, like, shady shit.
0: Yeah, that's true. Makes sense. I don't know.
1: Because, like, I feel like if anybody could figure shit out, it would be her. Yeah. And, like, he just wants everybody distracted. you can't have an assassin who's super sneaky and super good at stuff, like, left to their own devices wandering the castle willy-nilly.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So um the royal ball is for Holland. Like, they're celebrating his return very extravagantly. And mm. Kaol sort of, like, knows that he's a really big spoiled brat. And when he's <laughs> an adult, he'll be an even more spoiled brat. And he'll be a terrible adult. And an asshole. Um, yeah. And he sees... <laughs> selena just like left her post and he's like really pissed off so he like stomps out to go find her and just sees that she's like dancing by herself on the balcony which is super cute it's cute and he's like what are you doing and she's like oh you know i just wanted to forget everything for a second and just be normal and sweet it is sweet and she's like thinking he's gonna tear a new one and like chew her out and instead he shocks her by um, asking her to dance. And at first she's like dumb. She's sort of like dumbfounded. Like what? Really? But they dance. And she says she can't stop staring into his eyes.
0: Again.
1: Cre- I just think that's so awkward. To just like agreed. stare. Like make eye contact with someone for that long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I would just start laughing. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so they it says that like they move together flawlessly and they never stumble and their gaze never breaks from one another so like almost like they were made to fit each other and like almost like they've been dancing together their whole lives is what sort of is like they just belong together which is lovely Mm -hmm. yes it is i'm just so bitter yeah um and selena sort of realizes in this moment that looking at him actually makes her feel at home so like he is her home that's
0: sweet i guess yeah trying i'm trying to be a better person towards him during this book
1: for now I'm trying
0: well yeah that's what i mean
1: <laughs> so anyway dorian is watching them again super creep so awkward from the window and I guess Nehemia sees that and comes over to talk to him and she sort of tells him like don't interrupt them and I don't think he was planning on it no anyway and she's like tells him like they they're royalty him and her so they stand apart and they have responsibilities that regular people wouldn't want so it's true (laughs) yeah 100% and he he tells her he's like I've I've decided to move on, again. Yeah. So like if he's decided to move on, stop staring at them.
0: Yeah. I feel like it. It, it probably feels a bit like a betrayal because like Kale is his best friend. That's the only thing I can also see, but still, it's getting annoying. Yeah.
1: Like, it's been months. It's been three months since they broke up. And you're only now deciding to move on? Yeah. Dude. Anyway. She... Nehemia also sort of says to, to Dorian that the council has decided to expand Calicula. And they're voting at the next meeting and she's not allowed to attend. And she wants him to speak on her behalf, but he refuses. And she then asks, like, I guess they have a little bit of a back and forth. He doesn't want to sort of upset his father. He doesn't want to overstep. But, like, she's trying to be like, this is a slave. Like, this is, you know, like, people are dying. This is inhumane treatment. Mm-hmm. and i guess to sort of bring the point home she asks him like if selena was sent to calicula would you shut down the camp and rescue her and he says yes but it's complicated and she says but it's not because there are just as many people on this earth who love people in those camps just as much as he loves selena that want those their people back and that there's a right and there's a wrong and she's she's right. Of course she's right. Yeah. Like and it sort of brings home the fact that he went to Endovier and got Selena, but he didn't spare a glance at anybody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he I feel like he thought that, like they all deserved to be here. Cause like he It's a bit brainwashed by his dad, too. Yeah. Anyway, so
1: it sort of gets him thinking a little bit, and as sort of a a last sort of impression on him, Nehemia tells him that there's power in him, and she traces a symbol on his chest and tells him that when it wakes up, she will help him.
0: I'm wondering like was that a word mark i I think so, but I don't think it expediated anything. Like, I don't think that this, you know what I mean? Because, because
1: he says that she walks away and he thinks that when she did that and said those words, something ancient and deep opened within him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, obviously there was something already because I think in my part, he talked about, he woke up, and there was frost, right, like in an outline of his body um but i just i don't I don't know what it is, and Maybe like it it was something I think it was probably something to help him, but I don't know how,
1: yeah, because like we've already established that word marks are ancient magic, so they tend they still work, hmm, so you
0: know i'm I'm wondering. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. And like, we don't get anything else on it ever. So, yeah. <laughs> the part's kind of sad. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, that's the end of that. That's the end of the ball. Nothing else really happens. Selena and KL stop dancing, go back to their posts. That's the end of that. Next hmm. morning, uh, Selena is at Archer's house. Uh, and it says she says that she can't stop thinking about KL and the dance that they did from the night before. So much so that she was distracted that morning during her wordmark lesson. Um, She's, like, waiting for Archer in his, like, sitting room, I guess. He's not even home, I guess. He was out with a client for the night, so he just comes in. And and it's really funny because he's like, oh, just give me a few minutes to freshen up, considering he's literally coming home from, like, sex. And she's okay. like, no. <laughs> Which is rude. Yeah. She's like, no, you can't. She says she just, she needs more than a list of names. And he sort of tells her like, I need more time. And she's like, you don't have more time. You don't have it. This is it.
0: No. And like like, the king wants you dead. Yeah. Like she can't just not do her job.
1: Exactly. So she then says to him, she's like, you have six days to get me something useful or I will kill you. And I think she's being fair, because she has already had to sort of wiggle a month from the king. Like, I think, I don't think he would have given her much more time than that.
0: No, I don't think so at all. And, like, you, I I feel she's also not trying to, like, like deal with the king more than she has to. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, she's not going to set up a meeting with the king to be like, hey, so I need an extension on that yeah. project you gave me. Like, it's not like going to talk to a fucking teacher asking for an extension. It's the king and he will just kill her. Yeah. And everyone she likes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, essentially, she's like six days or else. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So skip over to Dorian's POV. He's in the council meeting that Nahemia was talking about, about Calicula. Um, And Dorian is like shocked at how many slaves are in Calicula right now. And they're still talking about expanding it. Apparently there's like another mine, like half a mile down the road or something that they can open up and, um, and use. Uh, and he notices that Roland and Parrington and the king, his father, they all have matching black rings on.
0: Ooh! So
1: he thinks like what a fashion
0: choice. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, fashion choice. <laughs> um, and he's sort of like thinking like how Roland ingratiated himself with Parrington and the king so quickly, and like what kind of a secret club are they all in?
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So Roland is talking about expanding the mine and Dorian sort of like starts to speak up. He's like asking like, well, where will we shelter them? Where will they live? And they're all like, well, they'll just stay in the mines because why build separate housing for them when we can just keep them in the mines with shelter and then they can (laughs) work more. And Dorian is sort of like, he's finally seeing how like crazy This is, and they're talking about humans, like people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Dorian realizes like Nahemia was right, he needs to speak up, so he does. And he's good for him. Yeah, good for him. He does like he speaks up and he says, like, no, we we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing this. And his father gets pissed and threatens to kick him out of the meeting. And I guess they have a little bit of a back and forth, and Dorian gets so angry. He, like, erupts and he just says, like, you want my vote? Well, I vote hell no. Yeah. And then he just storms out of the meeting. And I just, I appreciate him for doing that, but at the same time, like, I feel like he should have been a bit more diplomatic.
0: Well, he also should have stayed. Like, what yeah. if they're just like, well, he's, he, the thorn in our side is gone. Let's fucking do this. Like, you. Yeah. <laughs> This is my thing, like, kind of when I was saying he he hasn't set up, like, who he is. He's He's two different people in front of his father. He's either the obedient child or he's, like, struggling to fight back, but he doesn't know how. He hasn't figured out the politics of it and he doesn't know how to do it. And, like, I think half of that is because his father doesn't want him to figure out how to talk back to him. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And like so what if he voted no if everybody else votes yes like it can still go ahead. Yeah. So I just feel like he needed to be a little bit he needed to try and be a little bit more persuasive and like political. Agreed. Uh anyway, so he says that he feels this like freezing cold that fuels his rage as he walks through the castle and he's not really paying attention to where he's going but he ends up in like the older section. Because I think we talked in the last book how the castle is like a mixture of the old castle that's sort of made of traditional stone and whatever. And then you've Mm -hmm. got the new section that's all made of glass. So he's stormed around through it and he doesn't really know where he is. He's in the older section though. And he's so mad that he punches a wall. And he's like, that should have broke my hand, but it didn't. Yeah. And, but the stone cracked under his hand and spider webbed to like a nearby window. And then all of a sudden the window shattered slash exploded in towards him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that makes him freak out. Rightfully so. Because he's like, that's not really possible. My hand should have been broken. And like, there's no way I'm strong enough to crack stone.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. True story.
1: And then in addition to all that, the debris from the window that came at him made a perfect
0: circle around him, not touching him. Yeah, that is. That's something. Yeah. That means something, probably. <laughs> yeah. And like, I I feel bad for
1: him. But at the same time, he needs to know. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to know if what's in his body yes so
0: know yourself know thy body yeah
1: (laughs) anyway so he's like thinking he's like it made a perfect circle around him that sort of indicates like obviously broken glass would never do that without some form Mm -hmm. of magic but he's like magic doesn't exist so like that realization that he has magic but magic doesn't exist makes him vomit makes him sick Mm -hmm. um so skip so now back to selena's pov so we don't hear anything else from dorian apart from him being like yeah uh so selena that night is in kale's room just hanging out um apparently she doesn't love being in her room anymore knowing that like elena's tomb is sort of below her so she hangs out in his room and she says that she wants cake like i also want cake like i wish somebody was here that could get me a piece of cake agreed so he teases her about it and is like cake geez like you're gonna have to start running extra which is sort of like yeah yeah
0: this is this is a bit of a older (laughs) like i feel this is a product of the time the book came out i don't think she would write that now
1: no uh, anyway, so she asks him, She's like, what are you talking about? Like, haven't I earned the right to eat whatever you, whatever I want? And he's like, actually, yes, you have. So he goes and she's like, well, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to get you that cake. So he actually does go and get her the cake, which is sweet. It is. It is sweet. Um, so later on, like they've shared a little bit of the cake and she's looking at him. He fell asleep on the couch and she sort of sees that he's good and honorable and in a world without the king they might actually be able to have a life together and like that life is one that she wanted so hmm but that means that somebody would have to get rid of the king <laughs> maybe that's the issue here maybe someone should just kill the king yeah no king
0: no king, king la 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 la, la.
1: la. <laughs> anyway So then she starts thinking maybe the rebels and the army that Aelin Galathinius was raising would have some answers. And like, maybe they're already Mm -hmm. planning on killing the king. So like, maybe she just has to sit back and like, wait. Yeah. So she grabs the rest of the cake to bring back to her room to keep eating it. I love that. I love
0: that. She's just like, I'm taking this to my room. Yeah. Thank
1: you. But before she leaves, she like brushes Kaol's cheek, like, you know, runs her finger along it in a tender way. And as she's like going back to her room, Dorian is sitting in the hall, like next to her door. Mm-hmm. And he was said that he was looking for nehemia and thought maybe she was here. And Selena's like, Nope, not here. And then she's like yeah. asks, she's like, Hey, is is something wrong? And initially he was going to tell her what happened with, you know, the circle and all that, but then he doesn't and says nothing, nothing is wrong. And then he leaves her.
0: I, I feel bad here. Like I wanted him to go in and eat some cake with her and them to like, and I know like their relationship later on does develop more into a friendship so like i'm okay with it but i I did want them to have this moment too (laughs) yeah and not not romantic at all completely platonically
1: oh yeah but i just yeah i just i feel like he needs someone to talk to and Mm -hmm. i wish he had picked selena but at the same time like so i know she would keep his secret but i don't think she would be able to help him yes i agree Yes, I agree. (laughs) So, I just, like, I feel like Nahimi is really the only one he could have spoken to about this. Yeah. Anyway, so, he just leaves her, she's like, cool, and goes into her room to eat lot, to eat cake. (laughs) Uh, The next day, Kaol is in the throne room uh, giving the king yesterday's report. I don't think anything happened. Um, he says that he was he's thinking that he was awake when Selena brushed his face his face, and <laughs> apparently he got so hot and bothered by her touching his <laughs> face that he wanted to jump her, like haul her down on the couch and like ravish her. Jesus and I'm just
0: like, gross. really? From a face touch, that's what did it for you? And like she was being sweet, if anything. Yeah. Like it wasn't like it, it, like a I don't know it was a sweet moment of like thank you for getting cake
1: for me yeah. and not being an asshole and like here she is like thinking about a life and a future with him and he's like I want to jump your bones but at the same time like it almost makes me wonder if half of their relationship is sort of just unfulfilled physical attraction mm, true
0: well like Selena was in mines for a year and didn't have any connections with anybody really because mm-hmm. she couldn't. So like she, which is why I think she's so attached to Nahimi as a friend because she probably went days without talking to anybody at all during that time. Mm-hmm. So like, I do think some of it probably is just, they find each other attractive and they're 19. Yeah. Horny little teenagers. Yes yeah anyway
1: um i guess the king manages to get his attention enough to tell him that princess nehemia needs to be watched because the king has been sent word that there's an anonymous threat on her life and Kale's like i haven't heard that and the king's like no you haven't (laughs) so it's like if i was Kale, i'd sort of be like how did you hear that like are your sources not my sources yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who's feeding 100%. you this? Yeah. But he doesn't. No. Kaol initially then says, like, okay, like, we'll double her guard and we'll make her aware. And the king is like, no. Don't. Because he says, like, maybe she'll make herself a martyr. hmm And I'm just gonna say, hmm. yeah. That's fair. Like, let's remember this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, K.O. sort of agrees not to tell her. And the king's like, You can't tell anybody. And <laughs> sort of knows that he means you can't tell Selena. Yeah. And he agrees, even though he knows in his head, like, Selena will be really pissed if he doesn't tell her, especially yeah. since, like, this is her closest friend. But he sort of says, Like, he already feels like he's losing his position and like he's not being trusted with things just by being close to her so like he says he doesn't want to make any more concessions because like he feels like he's losing his position and like losing himself
0: yeah which i understand what he's saying but when someone's life is on the line it's a bit different i think yeah i I don't know
1: yeah yeah hmm. Uh, anyway, so flip to Dorian's POV again. He's training with the guards and he's trying to come up with like a rational explanation for what happened because he says that like magic is gone for one, and it's also been dormant in the Havillard bloodline for centuries. So, like, no one in his family has had ma- magic anyway for a really long time. Mm. So, he doesn't understand what's going on. Um, Roland approaches him and asks him to spire, like, hey, want to spire with me? And Dorian's like, no, like, you don't want to be around me right now. I'm really, I'm in a bad mood. Um, and Roland actually extends, like, a nice olive branch and says, like, I'm apologizing. I'm really sorry about the camp issue, like, the whole Calicula thing. He says he never would have, ex- like, suggested the expansion if he'd known that Dorian was opposed to it. And apparently he called the whole thing off after Dorian stormed out. Um, and Dorian doesn't really believe him or trust him. Which is probably good. It is. Yeah. But Roland Sorliff says like all the right things. And Dorian's like, well, maybe he's just been taken in by my father and by Parrington. And he just needs someone to steer him in, in a better direction. Mm-hmm yikes so like i feel like there's a little bit of manipulation happening here definitely uh so i guess dorian and roland sort of part ways and dorian doesn't really know what to do so he goes for a walk in the courtyard where there's a carnival that's being set up like a traveling carnival uh, and apparently, this carnival was a Yulmus present, like a belated Yulmus present for Holland from his mother. So again, we're getting a lot of celebrations mm-hmm. here for you, uh, Holland. Yeah. Uh, so he runs into Kale and Selena out there, and <laughs> apparently, it's like a really awkward, uncomfortable interaction. Um, so he's he says that like the night before, when he had been sitting outside Selena's room. He told her that he wanted to find Nehemia, but really he was he wanted to see Selena, but the look on her face like he could tell that she had wanted to be alone
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like that she looked like sort of happy and he didn't want to like add a burden to her or spoil anything for her, so
0: he just left, which is like sad it is really sad they're like. They're like two stars and they're just never Mm. in the same place. Yeah. They're always missing.
1: Anyway. um, But yeah, so they start like working their way through the tents, looking around until they encounter a woman offering to sell them their futures. And the woman has razor sharp iron teeth. And in the book, it describes it like a fish, like the teeth are iron sharp razor Mm. teeth, like a fish. But, like, I didn't... Just think of piranha. Oh, I guess. I was gonna say, like, I didn't realize fish had teeth. (laughs) Sharks are fish. I guess, yeah. But, like, I just... I'm trying to, like, when I think of piranhas, I think of really small... Because they're small fish. So I think of really small little pointy teeth that, like, they don't fit together, like, perfect... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a few in there, but, like, I also feel like there are spaces between.
0: Yeah. I guess I've never really thought about what the iron teeth look like, but after that description, all I think is piranha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the spaces and all, like, tiny teeth and spaces and...
1: Yeah. Anyway. but Yeah. I just I just thought <laughs> it was a funny, like, not like a shark... Not like, you know, a wolf or a tiger or a lion or anything like that. A fish. Yeah. Uh anyway, so she sort of they insinuate that this woman is from the fallen witch kingdom who tried to overthrow the peaceful uh Crochen witches. Crochen? Kroken. Kroken? Oh. Uh, they try who tried to overthrow the peaceful Crocken witches, and when they had defeated all but the Crocken queen, she cursed them. As long as the Iron Teeth banners flew, no soil would yield life to them. Which, I mean, like, they should just be able to buy food. <laughs>
0: it's true. Like, so what, you can't grow your own? Eh. Also, later on when we hear about their diet they're probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, so essentially these are like it was like good witches versus evil witches and the evil witches won, but now they're cursed. Um so this specific witch's name is Baba Yellowlegs and she asks to tell them their futures. And Dorian says that he looks over and Selena genuinely looks frightened and mm-hmm. Dorian finds that really weird that she's like I guess he's never actually seen
0: her fully scared which makes sense she's she's the scary one in the room most of the time yeah
1: but like I don't think we know enough about the witches as of yet because obviously we just mm-hmm. met them to understand yeah. why Selena is afraid yeah um anyway so sh- the Baba Yellowlegs, which she knows things about them, and they sort of have like a terse exchange before, like the the Selena, Dorian, and Kale sort of walk away, like they don't want to, they don't want to engage. Um, mm-hmm. but Selena thinks in her head that she's heard stories about the Iron Teeth witches, and she says that she felt like a sense of otherness from the crone she calls her like the old crone so Hmm. she knows that this lady is the real deal like she's not she says that sometimes people pretend to be iron teeth witches to like for the Mm -hmm. reputation and just for the theater of it so they just put like the false teeth in over the real teeth but she knows that this lady is the real deal yeah and she said that when she was standing in front of the lady's wagon all she wanted to do was go inside she said she felt this pull, and she also noticed that the witch was wearing a crown of stars, hmm. which I'd love, I'd love to get your thoughts on
0: my thoughts on the crown of stars. Yeah, like what it looks like well, or what we think it is. Think or it is? <laughs> oh, I think the first time I read it, I didn't even notice. But like we do know, we do find out what it is later. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly think. I didn't even notice it. And like even this read, I don't think I realized that she was wearing it. Yeah. But like it's it's definitely like fancy for, <laughs> for somebody at a carnival. Yeah. Like it seems like out of place. That's what I think about it.
1: Uh, anyway, so she also noticed that her amulet started to feel heavy and warm, which is always a bad sign. When her amulet mm-hmm. starts to get heavy and warm or starts to bro- glow or anything like that, Bad things are coming. It's true. uh, so she decides in her mind that she's gonna go back and investigate the witch some more because she doesn't she thinks that that's suspicious. It's sus mm-hmm. The <laughs> it's witch true. is sus, uh, so they all walk then to the stables, and Dorian presents Kaol with a gift for his birthday, which is in two days. Uh mm. which is nice actually because they haven't really been super close lately, so. I'm really happy that Dorian remembered his birthday and is still celebrating it, even though their relationship has not been the same. Yeah. Um, It's a black Asterian stallion, which is just a really... Sounds cool as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a real fancy horse. Um, And
0: Kale does not want to accept it. Well, yeah. They're, like, super expensive, too. So, like, I get his reluctance, but also... It's a gift. He's a prince. Yeah. take
1: it. Your best friend is a prince. <laughs> I feel like you can expect some extravagant shit. Exactly. Uh, the three of them are having like this really normal exchange, like um, Selena tells them about the time she like stole an Asterian horse and um, and like they're just it just feels really normal for a hot minute. And until Dorian asks Kale if he has plans for his birthday, like his actual birthday. Mm-hmm. and selena blurt blurts sort of blurts out like yeah we have plans like we have plans and I
0: hate it. I,
1: like it it sort of she specifies later that she like not later but she specifies in her head that like she wasn't trying to sound mean when she said mm-hmm. it that way but she says that she's been planning it for weeks and sort of just meant for her and Kyle and it it sort of just turns all their interaction from like comfortable
0: to awkward again so yeah it's just i i just don't know why she had to say it like that and i know she she's even like oops it didn't mean to say it like that yeah. but i'm like you're being rude yeah <laughs> yeah a little bit but yeah I just I feel like
1: even if she even if she did be like we have plans she could have been like oh I mean yeah you know I got a little something planned like nothing to you know what I mean she could have recovered.
0: Yeah and even like I feel like I would also want Kale to tell him that he has plans. I wouldn't be like no, I'm monopolizing all of his time on his birthday. Like, he could have been like, oh, maybe we should do breakfast together or yeah. go for a walk in the park together. Yeah. Like, it's just,
1: it's a bit overbearing. Well, like, Dorian is literally his best friend for years and years and years. Selena has known him for, like, what, six, seven months. And she's like, yeah. he's mine on your on his birthday.
0: Yeah. And, like, for the first half of that amount of time, he wanted to hate her. So yeah. it's not like, <laughs> Yeah. anyway Anyway,
1: so thanks Selena Uh, so you know after this like sort of awkwardness she goes back to her room alone and she thinks about that eye in the tomb and how like even though Nehemia said that it wasn't connected that the eye her amulet seems like it would perfectly fit in this eye Mm -hmm. and like maybe she should go back and try it so she does And the eye does sort of fit, but nothing happens. I guess she sort of expected, like we all would, like sort of like a video game, like you would expect to solve the puzzle sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, And she asks Mort about it and asks if the riddle, like it is only with the eye that you could see rightly or whatever, references something behind that wall. And he says, yes, but she still isn't asking the right questions. What's the right question then, Mort? More frustration. Thanks, Mort. Yeah. You're an asshole. Yeah. Anyway, so she like storms off again. She's like pissed off. Um, And that night she dreams of a white stag. And she's perched on the edge of this ravine. And the stag wants her to join him on the other side. But the ravine is too wide for her to cross. So she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so the stag just walks away. And apparently she said that on her way to Endovier in the carriage, like the prison carriage, she apparently saw the same stag, like in real life. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what the significance of that is. Of the stag in
0: general? No, because
1: the stag in general, we know the stag is a symbol of her home, country Terracin but like yeah the significance that she saw the same stag on her way to Endovia in person
0: yeah I wonder if that was like so she sees it so a a spoiler here for who she is so maybe skip ahead 30 seconds um but she sees I think she sees it on the day her parents died because they were the king and queen of Terracin like I think that's why she always sees the stag this day in her dream but i think maybe she saw it when she was in the prison wagon as like a you're on the right path even if it feels like this is not the right path mm. type of like i think it was kind of to give her hope because obviously she was going to a slave camp right that's kind of how i would think but i don't know
1: no i like that that's a good i uh yeah no i like that you're a yeah. you're a genius
0: Oh my goodness, thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, Anyway, so she woke up in the middle of the night after that dream and she thinks about how she always has this exact same dream on this particular night and how she can never forget that this is the night that everything was taken from her and the night she woke up covered in blood that wasn't hers. So we know already that her parents died during the night. They were murdered and she couldn't sleep that night so she went into their room to cuddle up with them she felt the wet but thought that it was rain from an open window and then she mm-hmm. woke up in the morning to find that no she had been sleeping in their blood all night which is like it makes me want to vomit. Yeah it's
0: it's devastating yeah. it's absolutely awful.
1: Uh, so she leaves the castle in the middle of the night like she can't handle this dream Um, the next morning, Kaol is waiting for her to go for their run and he's annoyed because she hasn't shown up and he's sort of thinking like, just because it's cold out doesn't mean she can like laze around in her room. Like she has to come and train.
0: Um, he he has a tendency to think really badly of her. Like when she asked for cake, he was like, you're going to have to run more when she didn't show up. He's like, Oh, it's, she can't just stay because it's cold. Yeah. Like he's not he never really gives her the benefit of the doubt Mm-mm. on anything, and like that's not a healthy relationship in my opinion nope
1: uh anyway, so he finds Nehemia actually in Selena's room, and I'm like, isn't that a bit odd? yeah, like, I think that's odd like if nahemia like i i I'm assuming that Nehemia also went to Selena's room to meet her for breakfast, realized she wasn't there. For their yeah, for their lessons. Realize she wasn't there. Why would you mm-hmm. then stay for tea in her room? Why not go
0: back to your room for tea? I don't know. Anyway. It is it is <laughs> odd. Maybe she was like waiting for Kale to show up to be like, hey, she's not being a piece of shit. You are maybe a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> uh, Anyway, so yeah. So he finds Nehemia in the room and she's drinking tea. And she tells him Selena isn't here uh and KL's sort of like where is she and Nahemia's like you know if i were to guess she's as far away from this city as she can possibly get today and KL's like well why and hmm. Nehemia drops the bomb that it is the 10th anniversary of her parents death so she always has the exact same dream on the anniversary of her parents death which is heartbreaking and awful and now she's like living in the city that killed her parents so like yeah she's trying to get as far out of the city as she can and i'm just gonna leave this here so like how is it that nehemia knows
0: this and KL does not Mm -hmm. yeah and like she had left a note but i'm sure she didn't say in the note hey my parents died 10 years ago today peace out yeah you know yeah (laughs) So, like, Nehemia knows more than, uh, than she's saying. Yes. Yes. I think that is the case.
1: So. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, that is actually where we are stopping today with this revelation that her parents died 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah. So, we are done for the day. <laughs> but, yeah. I guess. I'm really uh, looking forward to talking a bit more about Nehemia, I think, in the next week. I wish we would get a little bit more. of. He's very mysterious, and I wish that was Mm -hmm. opening up a little bit more, but I feel like this is the type of book that is going to literally reveal, and not even all the secrets, but the last week is going to reveal like so many mysteries to
0: us. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, They keep going to the second last book in the series. And by second last, I don't mean Tower of Dawn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't think anybody thought you meant Tower of Dawn. (laughs) No. But yeah, there's like so many different pieces. And yeah, definitely there's more than meets the eye to a lot in this book. Mm -hmm. So like this is interesting. It's funny because
1: this book like out of the six this is probably and yeah i'm not including tower of dawn out of the six <laughs> yeah this is probably like my least favorite right mm-hmm. however yeah. this book actually sets up so many of the dominoes yes, for the rest I'll of the series completely so like i don't know why i dislike it so much when it's setting everything up for us
0: well i know why you dislike it Because a certain character is not in it.
1: But, like, that's not even that... But not not really. Like, I'm sure... It's helpful, but, like, it's not (laughs) the main... Like, even when I read it... And you said the same thing. You found it originally hard to get through this book when you first read them. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder why. Like, I can't articulate why.
0: Yeah. I just... It's so hard to decide now... Because I am jaded towards Kale. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't think I disliked him the first time I read it. But like, every time I read it now, I'm like, ugh, I don't care. Shut (laughs) the fuck up. (laughs) Which is bad. But (laughs) that's why I find it hard to read it now, for sure. But it is like, these two books you don't really get into the guts of the story until the next book. And I think that's like really obvious. Cause like we were talking about this book and we were like, what even happens in this book? Like before we started rereading it, we were like, what, what, what is the point? Yeah. (laughs) Basically like what is happening? I don't remember this book at all. Like it's not significant when you think about the storyline, I think.
1: Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, I guess we should wrap it up for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and share your thoughts on anything you've heard in our episodes, or if you have any book suggestions for us, please email us at coffeeco-read at gmail.com. And be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Coffee and Co-Read. So
0: next week we will be reading chapters, uh, 21 to 33, um, of obviously Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Mass. So make sure to follow along. And if you're enjoying our chats, don't forget to follow rate and review wherever you listen. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next page.